When you've got to turn your motorcycle around in a tight spot, let's say you went down a tight trail and you found you have to turn around and go in the opposite direction or any spot at all. Maybe it's even in your garage where you pull in and you've got to get the bike back out and it seems like a hassle to get it turned around. What method do you use? Do you use the back and forth method where you sit on the seat and you're moving the bike forward, possibly using the power of the engine and then pushing it backward? That's a common one. Or maybe you get off it and you actually shove the bike physically backward, forward until you get it turned around. Well, today on our exclusive rider skills segment, we've got coach Ramey Stroud back and he has two methods for us for turning our motorcycles around in tight spaces. One with the engine off using counterbalancing and the other with the engine running using the bike's own power for a fast spin. I'm Jim Martin, this is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us, we got a good one for you. Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. Turn any bag into motorcycle luggage with this unique strapping system that's easy to use and switch from one bike to another. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding, which has gained them a top reputation for tough, reliable gear. www.greenchiliadv.com. That's www.greenchiliadv.com. The MotoBreeze chain oiler is powered by wind pressure that automatically adjusts for speed. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers oil to your chain with a felt pad that's mounted on your swing arm, which eliminates the problems of exposed nozzles near your sprockets. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets and forget about the messy spray oil. www.motobreeze.com. That's two eyes in there. www.motobreeze.com. Hi, I'm Sam Manicum. Nick Sanders. Terry Borden. Sandy Borden. Jack Borden. Graham Field. Austin Vince. Jason Spafford. Lisa Murray. David Peterson. Rachel. Ed March. Glenn Hedstead. Dr. Gregor W. Fraser. Dave Barr. Michelle Lampier. Tiffany Coates. Herbert Schwartz. Zoe Cannell. Nathan Millward. Graham Hoskins. Joe Ross. Jeremy Craker. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Simon Pavey. Grant Johnson. Robert Wick. Seth Simon. Elizabeth Martin. Carol DeBell. And you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Three, two, one, deep breath. Best Rest Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire and Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. It's made in the USA, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. And Motorcycle Consumer News Magazine just chose the Cycle Pump as their top pick in a compressor shakedown. Also, Best Rest is a North American distributor for Googletech filters, the filters that should be on your bike. Visit them at www.cyclepump.com. That's www.cyclepump.com. Oh. Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. 45,000 parts and accessories available online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. And you can sign up for their e-rider newsletter too. It's free. maxbmw.com. That's maxbmw.com. And now for our Adventure Rider Radio exclusive rider skills segment, where we talk ideas and concepts and methods that can help you improve your riding skills. And of course, this segment is not meant to be a substitute for professional training or an endorsement of any particular technique. These are ideas and concepts that if you choose to try, are clearly performed at your own risk. Our instructor today is Coach Ramey Stroud. Coach Ramey Stroud, welcome back to Adventure Rider Radio. Thank you. It's good to be back. 
You are, um, I, when we were talking one time before, you'd, you'd mentioned about you're heading to the, uh, or you're planning to go to the Alcan 5000. That's for next year, is it? Uh, no, that's this year. It's uh, at the end of April. We'll be suited up and heading out. So is that, is that the, like, is, is there two Alcan 5000? There's one winter one and then one sort of summer one? Yes, there's one that uh, uh, they uh, don't allow bikes in. That's uh, an, uh, right in the middle of winter. And it's uh, pretty hardcore uh, ice roads, and they have ice racing during the event, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I I offered to go on a bike one time, uh, you know, with uh, heated gear and all that stuff, and they just kind of looked at me like, "What tree did you hit?" And they said, <laughs> "What made you said, this way?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, they, they get like super cold temperatures, like like minus eighty degrees or something, don't they? Fahrenheit. Oh yeah. Well, they do, they do. But you got to remember, I'm sponsoring a guy who's building a bike to ride to the North Pole solo. And so he's really coached me over the years. Uh, he's the one that wrote the book about riding up to uh, Prudhoe Bay in the middle of winter on his uh, R1. And so it's it's doable, but most people don't really have a clue how it, it would be done. So you're doing the summer version then, supposedly. Supposed summer version, yeah. I guess. That, yeah, although the last time I did it, it snowed on us in August. So it's summer version, but we expect a lot of rain and maybe even a little of the white stuff. And what are you riding? Uh, I'm going to ride the same bike I rode on the first Alcan that they allowed bikes into. It's a 2001 BMW uh, R1150GS. I just shipped it back from Europe and we just stripped it down and re rebuilt the suspension and went through the drive chain and same bike, same computers, same rally equipment. Uh, only now it's got a sidecar. Well, we're going to get to turning our bikes around, but I'm curious. So just quickly tell us what the Alcan 5000 is all about. Well, it's a different kind of uh, competition. It's called a, a TSD rally. It stands for time, speed, distance. So uh, it's kind of like the Dakar in that there are uh, competition sections and they are connected by transfer sections. So uh, a transfer section is uh, basically driving on the streets uh, within all of the rules and laws um, to get to competition sections. You know, they're connected. Uh, so you get to a competition section and there's a timer there and they will... Um, give you a start at a precise second. And all through this competition section, you have to maintain an exact uh, speed. And um, uh, the speeds will change depending on the train. But um, the problem is that a lot of the train is rough and you can't maintain the given speed. So you have to speed up on the other side of these delays to get back on time. And all the while you're doing, you're managing your time, you have to manage the route because they don't give you a GPS uh, route. You have to look at something called a road book. And on my bike, it's a, a box between the handlebars that's controlled by a, an electric motor uh, that's switched by my left thumb. So I'm looking at the rally computer. I'm looking at the road book. I'm watching the bike. I'm trying to deal with terrain, and um, uh, there's a lot going on, so it's a lot tougher than it looks like. Um, you'll be passing checkpoints. If you show up uh, one second early or one second late, that's a point. 
for every second it's a point. And so the idea is to get through a competition section with zero points. And a lot of it's off-road, gravel, hills, uh, water crossing, stuff like that. So, you know, you're paying attention to, to the bike. And uh, if you're down some time, then how fast you got to go to get back up on given time. And uh, I don't know. It's just it's challenging. Uh, it's fun. But bottom line, it's an endurance event. You're doing 5,000 miles in about seven or eight days. Um, and so you're, you're pushing pretty hard and you're thinking and you need to train for it or it's not going to be a lot of fun. And when do you leave for this? Uh, I think we show up uh, at the start, uh, the second or third week in August, I think 21st, something like that. Mm. So you're going to be dealing with bugs as well at that point. Well, hopefully not. I mean, by then, most of the mosquitoes are gone. But, I mean, I've been up there before where it was absolutely crazy. You know, you'd stop at a, a construction zone. There'd be a flagger there that holds you up for a little while. And, you know, the mosquitoes would come around and they'd be buzzing around your head. And, you know, one time I heard two of them talking and they said, well, shall we eat him here or take him home? <laughs> well, today we're going to discuss uh, turning our bikes around on, on a narrow trail. You've got your big adventure bike. You've ridden to a spot where inevitably it ends and you find yourself having to turn around for whatever reason. And often that turnaround is, is such a chore. And a lot of times that's where people will drop a bike because as you're turning around, it's bumping back and forth on the rocks, etc. But we've got a couple of turns here that may be good, depending, I guess, on how much space we have. And the first one we're going to start with is a side stand turn. Yeah, um, this goes uh, back to this idea of a rider's toolbox. There are a lot of different ways to turn a bike around. And if, uh, you know, in a, in a very tight, narrow situation, these are just a couple of more tools that you have available to you if, if you need them. Uh, the side stand turn is basically uh, balancing the bike on the side stand with both wheels off the ground, which sounds crazy, but it's actually a lot easier than it sounds, and uh, spinning the bike around uh, on the side stand. So you can do a 180-degree rotation with very little effort. Uh, you just got to know a few of the little tricks of the trade. So I guess before we start into this, maybe the first thing we should talk about is side stand strength, because I think that probably will will have a lot of people scratching their head thinking, all the weight of the motorcycle on the side stand? Yeah, and it varies so widely between the manufacturers and the different models of the bikes. Um it turns out that the some of the strongest side stands are on the adventure bikes because they're engineered for the weight, uh, and some of the weaker stands are on dirt bikes. But the bottom line is you've got to be able to take a look at your side stand and kind of figure out, um, you know, is it stout? Is the mounting lug okay? Um, just, you know, what sort of weight's it going to take? And there's a few little tests that you can do that, uh, you know, kind of give you some feedback. But you can also check online and just see if anybody else is uh, doing side stand turns or if they've had any problems, whatever. But um, the other thing that is that, you know, a lot of times we just accept the bikes uh, from the manufacturers as is. Uh, we're changing the side stands around all the time on the bikes that come into the school here. For example, if, if, I, if they're doing a suspension change, either lowering the bike or raising the bike, 
then the side stand's the wrong length. So um, they'll either have to shorten it or lengthen it. Well, most of the side stands are hollow. So uh, when we make the cut on the side stand, it's a perfect opportunity to insert a steel rod into the side stand. So when we weld it back, it's much stronger than it was. And uh, also at the same time, uh, you know, you see all these aftermarket side stand feet that you bolt on the bottom of the side stand. Well, if we've got it off and we're welding on it, uh, we'll just weld a little bigger piece of metal on the bottom and give it a bigger foot. So you can take it from the factory or you can beef it up a little bit. Either way, you just got to make sure it's uh, strong enough to be able to do what we're going to talk about. That's a really good tip because most of us want a bigger foot pad on it. And uh, like you say, if you're, if you're going to be in there and doing something, you may as well strengthen it up at the same time as getting a larger pad on. So that's an excellent tip. But also, uh, I like what you said about checking online. Really good thing to do. Take your model of bike and just look it up and see if other people are doing it and having problems with it. I think that'll show up pretty quick for us. Sure. But I'll tell you what, it's, it's worth the effort to uh, kind of put it together because once you learn how to do a side stand turn, it's a great tool. Um, when I was a young racer, I used to work in the motorcycle shop uh, that would sponsor me. And I'd, I'd watch the salesman out on the sales room floor. They'd uh, spin these bikes around, uh, you know, create a new uh, presentation of the bikes to customers. And they're moving, you know, 10, 20, 30 bikes just in a matter of a few minutes, spinning them around. I was like, how did they do that? <laughs> and so... I go over there and say, okay, I want to learn how to do this. And uh, it just got to be so easy and so quick and so fast. Uh, it's a no-brainer. You don't think about it uh, once you learn how to do it. So what's the deal then? What do we do for our setup? We, we've ridden up to a spot. We're stop. How do we set this up? Well, um, the first thing is, for me, we spend a lot of time just going through the steps mentally when you, you're going to do something like this, it's really important to have a mental picture of what you're trying to accomplish. And so that's kind of a, one of the values of being here today. Uh, we're going to create a mental picture of the step-by-step process to do a side stand turn and later a, a spinning turn. So uh, let's get started then. Uh, first thing, if you do have passenger pegs, uh, pillion pegs, fold them up before you begin. Uh a lot of times when you're spinning the bike around, uh, you'll bump into them. So get them out of the way. Next is the engine doesn't have to be on. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's easier and safer if the engine is off. And then you're going to be standing on the side stand side of the bike, which is usually the left. By the way, Jim, do you know why the side stand's on the left? I don't. Well, it's because of this guy that lived about a thousand years ago, who was a blacksmith. And that's when they were starting to work with bronze and other metals, and they were starting to forge knives. And uh, the knives obviously had a lot of value in in society. But uh, eventually they worked into the military, too. They were carrying knives for combat. And a short knife is good, so a long knife is better, and they started making swords. And most of us are right-handed, so if we're wearing a sword on our belt, we can't wear the sword on our right side because it's too hard to draw it with our right hand. So we'd always wear the sword on our left side so they could draw it across their body. Well, a lot of the swordsmen, the fighters, 
would ride horses. And back in those days, they would mount the horses from either side, depending where they happened to be at the time. But once they started wearing swords, when they got on from the right side, the sword would slap the horse in the butt as they swung their leg over and the horse would move around and make mounting a little tough. (laughs) So these guys were pretty smart. They started always mounting from the left to keep the sword away from their horse. Well, eventually that became the standard for horses. And then when our horses became iron horses, guess which side the side stands went on? That is a really neat story. You know, I grew up riding horses and we always got on the left side, same as you would a motorcycle. I never really thought that much about it, but that's the side we always got on. And I never had a sword. Yeah, well, that's because you're a product of society. Um, I, I have noted over the years a few bikes, mostly trial bikes, where the side stands on the right side, but uh, for the most part, we're stuck on the left. So um, anyway, if you're going to do a side stand turn, you're standing on the left side of your bike. And then uh, you turn your handlebars full lock to the right, away from you. And then just reach across with your left hand and put it on the throttle grip. So now the bike's sitting there on both wheels with a side stand, touching in three points. Your left hand's on the throttle grip. Then you just pull back towards you until the front wheel comes up off the ground a little bit. Now, this is not a strength move. It's a balance move. You're balancing the bike on the side stand and the rear wheel. So when that front wheel comes off the ground, once you get to the true balance point, you can hold it for two fingers. I mean, uh, if you're working too hard, then something's wrong. It's not a strength move. It's a balance move. So then once you get the front wheel up and you're in that balance point, then your right hands go on the back of the bike and you'll find something back there, uh, either a panniered rack or a, a grab bar pillion bar something that you can hang on to and your right hand then is going to be able to lift forward and up a little bit and pretty soon the rear wheel will come off the ground Uh, it's counterbalancing off the the side stand as well and you're there with the bike into your right hip and both wheels are off the ground you're just balanced on the side stand and again it's not a big strength move It's more about balance and technique. So if you can visualize, you're just there balancing on the side stand, which quite frankly sounds a little weird until you do it, then you're ready to actually make the turn. And the way you do that's real simple, is you just kind of walk the bike around the side stand and you're doing side steps, just little itty bitty side steps. And, um, you just walk it around and you could do 180 degrees and stop is what we normally do. But realistically, you could do it all the way around if you wanted to. You're just pivoting the bike on the side stand by walking it around clockwise direction. And once you get the feel of it, it happens very quickly. I mean, it's really rather shocking how quickly you can whip the bike around once you get the hang of doing it. Yeah, I mean, um, it sounds... Like, this, oh, man, um, this is going to be dangerous. This is going to be heavy. I'm going to drop the bike and so on. But, you know, once you learn how to do it, it's kind of like, oh, this is a no-brainer. And the beauty of it is that if for some reason you get in trouble uh, while you're walking it around, just stop. Put the wheels back down on the ground. 
you know, and you can stop at any time during the turn and put both wheels back back down very easily. Uh, just uh, don't push the bike down so fast that it wants to go over to the, to the right side away from the side stand. Just push it down and keep it on the side stand. And that's it. And while you're balancing it, it's up against your upper thighs while you're doing your turn. So that prevents it coming towards you. So like you said, if, if you feel you need to put it down, it's sort of natural to let it down so it goes away from you and it just sits there on the side stand. Exactly. Exactly. The steps that go into it are the key. That uh, you just get the front wheel off the ground first and take a breath then grab the back of the bike with your right hand and get the rear wheel off the ground and then take a breath and then do your side steps, change your direction and put the bike back down, get on and drive away. So the, the precautions with this would obviously, we already talked about side stand strength, look into that. But the other thing too is you need a fairly um, solid surface to do this on. You, you certainly can't do this on mud or soft ground, obviously. Exactly. We were talking about um, a bigger foot on the bottom of the side stand. We can do side stand turns on any surface, but uh, if it's soft and it digs in, it's going to be a little more difficult, um, depending on how far it digs in. I've done side stand turns on pavement, but it was a hot day and the pavement got a little soft, so it kind of dug a little divot in the pavement. It's but, okay if um, it's not your pavement, but if it's your driveway, you're going to be mighty ticked <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, I won't, I won't be doing any side stand turns in your driveway. <laughs> I, mean, I guess if you want to do it in your driveway to practice, you could throw a piece of plywood down um, and then put the side stand down, provided it wasn't too thick that it that it topples the bike over the other way or doesn't have it sit properly. But that would be a spot where oh, you could yeah. practice. Oh, yeah. Or you could take a can and cut both ends of it out and stomp on the can. And, I mean, that way you got a cheap foot to put under your side stand and do a spin. Mm-hmm. Now, to practice this thing, to get the hang of it, do you suggest that people start off by just lifting up the front and sort of getting that balance point there and then moving to the back? Is that how you'd walk through it? Yeah, normally, uh, once they kind of get an idea of uh, what it feels like and where the balance point is, um, it it just makes sense while the front wheel's up to bring the rear wheel up. So, But you could do that if you wanted to, just bring the front wheel up, find the balance point, and then put it back down. Uh, but don't try to bring the rear wheel up before the front wheel. The front wheel's got to come up before the rear wheel. So do, we don't really need to to do a, um, an assignment so much for this, do we? Or did you have something in mind? Not really. I mean, if if they'll, uh, you're you're going to put the the steps up on the website, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yep. Okay. Well, then you could just do a quick little print out of that and and just use that as kind of a cheat sheet. And um, if they really need to uh, work on confidence until they've done it a couple of times, you know, have a buddy come over and, and spot for you uh, and then take turns, you know, spot for each other. But the reality of it is that once you get it, you can do it on a trail. Uh, you can do it in your garage. You know, a lot of times you'll, you'll drive in and then you don't want to back the bike up out of the door. Well, spin it around in the garage and you go in forward and go out forward. I mean, it's just a simple little process that will turn the bike around in its own length. Okay. So just a, a very quick recap of what we've just said here. Sure. Uh, so, uh, uh, passenger pegs up, engine off, face the bike on the side stand side, feet about shoulder width apart, handlebars full right, reach down with your left 
hand to the throttle grip and then pull the bike up to you until the front wheel comes up off the ground and then find that two finger balance point right there between the side stand and the rear wheel and then reach back with your right hand to the rear of the bike and find a good handhold and you pull up and forward until both wheels are off the ground and then you sidestep the bike clockwise uh, to um, however far you're going to go, 180 degrees or more. Okay. That's it. That is simple and very effective. Now, the next one that we're going to talk about is a little more fun, I guess, and has a bit of a pizzazz to it. The thing about spin turns is, the, it, it, just like the side stand turn, it's, it's a really good tool. But if your buddies are around, it's a really cool way to show off, too. <laughs> We're going to take just a short break and be right back. We're just going to thank a couple of sponsors that helped bring this episode to you. In the southern interior of British Columbia, we have our very own motorcycle cafe. It's called the Red Rock Garage. And the Red Rock Garage is a small coffee shop with a, a total motorcycle addiction. It's located in the heart of Beaverdale. That's on Highway 33. And they say they've got the best coffee on Highway 33, cleanest bathrooms. They've got a service station and a free EV charging station. But really important for us, they've got a B&B and a camping area. So you've got an amazing riding destination. You've got a place to stay whether you want a B&B or a camping area. It's just north of Washington State. And this place has some of the most amazing back roads and trails to explore, not to mention all kinds of pavement and mountains to go through. Next time you're thinking of an adventure, looking for an excuse to ride, head to Beaverdale, BC, to the Red Rock Garage. Grab a coffee, stay overnight. But when you do, walk in there and tell them that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. That's the Red Rock Garage in Beaverdale, BC, on Highway 33. Their website, by the way, is www.redrockgarage.com. Scott Wright is the owner of IMS Products. Scott is a rider. He's a former Baja 1000 winner. So I guess it's no surprise that IMS Products produces extremely high quality gear. They still do for racers, has since 1976. And their foot pegs are no different. Built as if they were meant to be raced, and they can be, IMS foot pegs are designed to perform for life. And in fact, they actually come with a lifetime warranty and um, they're made in the USA. So that's where IMS can ensure they, the ultra tight quality control that they're known for in the racing circuits. And they have the ADV-1 and the ADV-2 pegs. That's ADV, obviously, for adventure and for us riders. These pegs are designed using a 16-4 cast certified stainless steel, a certified heat treating process. It's full on high tech stuff. And I'm using IMS pegs right now. So if you're waiting for someone to tell you what they're like, I have a lot of miles on them. They have been amazing for me. Just amazing. So drop by their website and find out what a ton of riders already know. www.imsproducts.com. That's www.imsproducts.com. And of course, anytime you're dealing with them, email, talking, whatever, see them at a show, definitely mention you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. 
Okay, so now we're back to Coach Remy Stroud and talking about doing our turns. We've done the side stand turn already. Now we're going to do a spin turn, which is a powered turn, which should be as effective, although a little bit cooler, I think, than the side stand turn. And this one, what we're doing is we're using engine power on the spin turn as opposed to having the engine shut off on the side stand turn. Exactly, exactly. Now, um, if we were sitting on the bike and doing this spin turn, we'd be cutting donuts. You know, it's an old term. And um, you've seen it on YouTube and I'm, maybe you've seen people doing it in in real life. But um, the reality is uh, we learned to do it standing next to the bike before we learn to do it standing on the uh, sitting on the bike. So uh, today let's talk about standing spin turns. So for the standing spin turn, just just the overall concept of it, um, as I said, we're using the engine power to spin this around. Um, basically, what we're doing is we're, we're standing with the bike, we're tilting it over, we're giving it some throttle and letting the, the engine turn the rear wheel and actually spin the bike around us as we stand there. That's the basic concept, is it? Yeah, and and uh, where we would use this might be, uh, well, let's say if we're, we're doing some trail riding and we're riding along a single track trail and it, it comes into a dead end, maybe in a small clearing between trees or rocks or maybe even a, a dead end box canyon. Um, you could push back and forth a few inches and work and work and work and work or you can do a, a spin turn and be out of there in a few seconds. And one of the nice things about the spin turn is that it's a very controlled turn if you're doing it properly. And when you're sitting on the bike and you're going back and forth, you tend to or you can get into positions where the bike goes up onto a rock or up onto, a, you know, sort of a, a bit of a hill on your turn, raising your feet off the ground further and you become unstable. So it, it can be an advantage in that way, in, in my mind. But the one thing I was going to mention before we talk about how to do this is that there's one problem with it, isn't there, with, with doing it this way as far as the environment goes? Well, if you are in a relatively soft surface, when you're doing a spinning turn, it's going to create some ruts. Um, in other words, the spinning wheel is going to dig out some dirt and it's going to leave a little trail behind you. So if you do do a spinning turn and you're in public lands, uh, after you finish the turn, put the bike on the side stand and go back and fill in your ruts. You know, just kick some dirt back in there and try to leave the ground the same way you found it. Okay, so that makes sense. So how do we set this up then? We've went into the trail, we've come to a stop, we, we have to turn ourselves around. We get off the bike, what do we do next? Well, if there's a choice of where you're going to do it, um, you know, we were just talking about leaving ruts, that's in a fairly soft surface. It's a lot easier to learn to do this on a hard pack surface uh, that's um, fairly flat. And uh, it's especially easy if you, there's any kind of a loose, thin layer on top of the hard pack. But uh, it's not something you want to learn with full knobbies on a soft surface. So uh, if you got a choice, pick your spot. That's number one. So um, basically, there's three easy parts to a spin turn, and then we'll, I'll break them down individually. But the three parts is that if you're in the right body position next to the bike, the bike's going to spin turn very easily. So your position is absolutely critical. The next uh, is uh, that you need plenty of lean angle. You, you need to have the bike leaning into you in order to make the turn. 
if it's too upright, the bikes want to go straight. And then the third thing to really think about is that the control of the turn is with the clutch, not the gas. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they try to use the, the throttle to control the turn and spin it around, and it, it just doesn't work that way. It's your left hand on the clutch that controls the spin turn. Okay, so those are the three big things. Now, step by step. So you're going to stand on the left side of your bike with your boots about shoulder width apart. In other words, you've got a, a good base. And uh, lift the bike up uh, to the vertical and uh, raise the side stand. Uh, start the bike if it's not already running. And then for the big adventure bikes, if you can, turn off your traction control. Now, a spin turn can be done uh, with traction control, but it's not going to be as effective. Um, the control unit's going to be in and out, and it, it's probably not going to feel as smooth. But if you can turn it off, that's the thing to do. So then uh, click the bike down into first gear. Uh, your handlebars are going to be full left because the bike's going to be moving around you in a counterclockwise direction. You're not going to do a spin turn with the bike moving away to you because as the bike spins out, it'll run into you. So just think about it. It's going to be a full left turn, and the bike's going to be doing counterclockwise around you. Then um, lean the bike into your hip and find that balance point where if you wanted to, you could take your hands off the bars that the bike wouldn't fall over because you're just it's just leaning up against your hip. So that's that's a, a pretty critical balance point. Now, if you're on a slight angle or depending on the height of your bike or how tall you are, you still may need a little extra lean angle. And so if that's the case, you're going to have to just take a, a slight step back and let the bike lean further into your hip. And the key there is um, keep your inside long and straight. If it's down long, you know you got good lean angle, but if your elbow is bent and it's up, uh, then the bike's going to be pretty upright. So your inside arm will give you some feedback of, of the lean angle. So we got the bike slightly leaned over onto us just past the balance point. We've got the handlebars locked to the left. Yep. And so uh, you want to have your boots kind of turned a little bit in the direction the bike's going to go. And your inside boot, which in this case would be your left one, is going to be slightly ahead of your right side boot. And the, what we're doing here is we're setting up that athletic stance, um, not only for the start of the spin turn, but during the turn so that um, you've got a good base. So uh, when you said you that to, left foot, sorry, when you said that left foot on the inside, you're talking the inside of the turn. So um, Exactly. Yeah, so your left foot is it's, to the inside of the turn, slightly forward and turned in the direction that you want to spin the bike. And I mean, I'm really detail oriented on this stuff when we're doing the training, but uh, most people are going to do this naturally, but we're going to make sure. Okay, so then uh, next is your eyes. You need to look in the direction of the turn. Uh, a lot of people would tend to look down uh, or even look at the bike. Uh, the bike's there. You feel it. it you've got good contact with it. Look where you, the bike's going to go. Then um, add some gas. Bring your RPMs up and hold the RPM steady and then uh, let the clutch out quickly. 
and that's going to break traction and get the wheels spinning. And then as the bike comes around, because you've got the bars to the left, you can control how fast it spins with your left turn, uh, left hand. On the clutch. And then if you, on the clutch. Yeah. That's it. And then if you have any problem or you're nervous about anything and just, you want to stop the turn, no problem. Just pull the clutch all the way in and the bike will stop. Now, you said give it some throttle. How much throttle? Depends on the bike. You know, some bikes are uh, heavier, uh, and so they're going to require a little bit more gas. It also depends on the surface and the tires you're running. So there's not going to be any RPM number I can give you. Uh, but, um, you know, if you need to do a little test uh, before you start doing spin turns, just get on the bike and, um, you know, put both feet down on the ground, bring your RPMs up a little bit and, you know, kind of pop your clutch a little bit and see where your gas has got to be and how fast you got to pop the clutch to spin the tire. And I'm, I'm not talking about doing a wheelie or, you know, pulling away from a stop. Just spin the tire, go a couple of feet forward and, and pull a clutch in. Spin the tire, clutch in, spin the tire, and just get a feel for this bike on this surface. This is kind of what I need for power and clutch. And when you were saying about controlling the, the speed of the wheel with the clutch, you're slipping the clutch once it's broken free, once it's broken traction, to keep the wheel spinning slightly as it goes around. But well, we don't want the wheel whipping, do we? No, uh, by whipping, if the clutch was all the way out, the bike might be turning around you a little faster than you want. So the idea is that once the wheel is spinning, then you can control how fast the bike's turning around you with your left hand. That's left-hand speed control. Now, back to that lean angle at the start, how do we know if our lean angle isn't enough? Uh, if when you let the clutch out, the bike doesn't turn, even though it's gone to the left, if it wants to go straight. Or uh, in other words, the lean angle creates as much of the turn as the bars going to the left. The lean angle is really critical on a spin turn. And if the bike doesn't want to turn, chances are you've got the bike too upright. Okay. Anything else we should be cautious of while we're doing this? Well, yeah. Um, I would be very cautious of um, not getting addicted to it because it's so much fun. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, of course, well, the, I mean, the, the only thing funner than this is actually sitting on it and doing your turn. That, that's what I was going to say is, that, I mean, that's the next training step. Once you can do these spinning turns uh, standing still or standing on the ground, then uh, we do them uh, sitting on the bike. And then it's really fun. And, um, the beauty, as, as you come out of it, when you're sitting on it, you can just put your butt down onto the seat and away you go. Yeah. And, uh, the beauty of sitting turns is you can do them left or right. Where standing, we tend to always do them to our left. This idea of, uh, training sequence. Um, I want to go back to this, uh, same thing. Um, let's put these steps up on the website and, you know, do a printout and take some time to visualize you know, each one of these steps, you know, um, and you can practice in your garage, engine off. Uh, you're not going to do a spin turn there, but you can just say, okay, this is what I would do. And then I would do this next. And then it would be here. And then I would go there and just create a mental picture of what you're going to do before you go out and do it. And it'll be a lot easier to do it in real life. It's, it's the mental side of the motorcycling. You, you know, if you don't have a picture in your mind what you're trying to accomplish, 
it's going to be so much harder to make it real. You really got to create that picture and then make it happen. What do you think the difficulty level of this, like, let's say if we put it on a scale of, I don't know, one to five, one being easy, five being difficult. I know in the classes where we, we teach this, um, I think the degree of difficulty changes with the size of the bike. In the beginning, if somebody wants to do this on a big uh, GS or, uh, uh, you know, 1190 or something, the bike creates a, a mental picture that's overpowering. And so I'll say, oh, no problem. You just park your bike here and grab one of my school bikes and then learn to do the sequence and do the practice uh, on this bike and then go over and grab your bike. And their learning curve is very, very steep doing it that way. But if they try on the real big bikes to do this uh, as a first step, uh, it, it takes a lot longer to teach it and to be able to pull it off. So uh, as far as degree of difficulty, I think it, it depends on how it's being taught. Compared to the side stand turn, the side stand turn would be really sort of a one, wouldn't it? Well, maybe a two. A two? Okay. Um, yeah, maybe a two. Uh, whereas this is probably going to be a four. Um, but the reality of it is that this is a really good tool for learning how to let the bike do what it was designed to do and that you're not muscling the bike around, but that you're inviting movement. And once you get that down as a, a fundamental principle of, as a rider, then all of a sudden you start applying this principle uh, to on-the-bike activities. You know, uh, relax and let the bike do its suspension. Um, you know, when you're doing a turn, uh, control the bike and invite the turn instead of trying to force it. And so this is a really great learning tool for more than just turning the bike around. As we talk about this stuff, it, it always surprises me just how much you can do with a motorcycle. Yeah. And uh, if you go to most of these classes, uh, you don't get into this stuff because they, they don't have time to teach the nuances. You know, in the limited amount of contact time between students and instructors, they got to hit the things that you're going to be doing the, the, the most, you know, you're going to accelerate, you're going to break, you're going to turn, you're going to do hills, maybe some sand, and thank you for coming. And it's gone. It's over. Uh, and we just don't have time to teach all these little steps of learning that connect you and your bike and be able to make uh, riding in all conditions so pleasurable. Um, I mean, I, I've taken a lot of people around the world on training expeditions and come around the corner and there's six inches of sand and I mean heart rates go up and adrenaline starts firing and <laughs> it's like no no relax relax it's going to be fun and here's why and here's how we're going to do it and then all of a sudden it's fun it's no longer uh, stressful because we've got the time to talk about it and work our way through it well let's do a recap and then an assignment which I think you sort of gave already but we'll just do it again but so let's do the recap and then the assignment Okay, so the, basically what they're going to do is uh, you lift the bike up and raise the side stand. Uh, turn your traction control off if you have it, if you can. Uh, first gear, uh, bars to the left. Then you're going to step back a little bit and take the bike into your right hip. Lean it into your right hip and make sure you got plenty of lean angle. Uh, remember your inside boot, your left boot in this case is going to be slightly forward. 
you're going to look up and then you're going to add some gas and hold the rev steady. And then you're going to use the clutch to brake traction and control your turn speed with your left hand. When you get to wherever you're going or how far through the turn you want to go, just pull your clutch in and you're done. Get on right away. And it happens quick. Yeah, it happens quick. And uh, the thing is that if you want to practice your clutch control, uh, just consider I'm only going to do about a quarter of a turn this time. I'm not going to go all the way around. And practice that quarter of a turn. Take a breath, do another quarter of a turn. Take a breath, do another quarter of a turn. And then when you're ready, do a 180. And so the idea is that there's a lot of different ways that you can work your way up to full performance. It's interesting how when we talk about these different things we can do with the bikes, that they all seem to be connected to that episode that we did where you talked about looking for traction. I mean, it's it's all about traction. Absolutely. Uh, f- for me, um, riding a motorcycle well is about traction management. And so when I'm working with the racers, you know, all the time we're talking about looking for traction. Where are we going to find it here? Where, where do you see the traction there? What are we going to do to maintain traction for this? And so traction is a word that's in our, our conversation constantly. And we're using it to accelerate. We're using it to brake. We're using it to turn. We're using it to go up hills and down hills. I mean, traction is everything. So once you learn about traction management, you're on the road to being a superb motorcycle rider. So for the spin turn for an assignment, uh, to go out there and practice, what, what's the best situation to practice in? Oh, uh, a hard pack uh, surface that's flat. Make sure when you're learning, uh, you've got plenty of space around you. Um, don't do this if you're tired or you're thinking about other stuff. Focus on you and your bike and uh, take your time. You know, just play with it a little bit because uh, it's more about body position and technique than anything else. And so uh, uh, if you don't have time to think about body position and technique, if you're trying to just muscle your way through this, it's not going to work for you. The other thing is that um, uh, when all this goes up on the website, just do a, a printout, make yourself a little cheat sheet and walk your way through it mentally before you actually start the engine. The, create that mental picture in your mind and then, um, you know, give it a try. And if you're not sure about clutch control and spinning the rear wheel loose, remember, you can, um, before you start doing the turns, just do it straight ahead. You know, on the bike, both feet down, looking straight up and ahead. You know, bring your RPMs up and work with your clutch and see what it takes to break the rear wheel loose a little bit. Just go a foot or two and clutch in and do it again. Feel that clutch and know where it is on that bike, on that surface. What's it going to take? And then go do your spin turns. Well, that's two great turns for us. Or like you said, uh, two tools in our rider's toolbox. Yeah. And the reality is, in the beginning, you might be a little nervous learning them. But once you get it, (laughs) they're fun. And like I said, with the spin turns, it's kind of a fun way to show off. Coach Ramey Stroud, thank you very much. Always a pleasure to have you on. Oh, it's my pleasure. I look forward to the next time. And if any of you have some questions or some ideas uh, of something you want us to talk about, uh, write in, let us know. 
Maybe we'll do a show just for you. Enjoy talking to that guy. That was Coach Ramey Stroud. And you can find out more about Coach and what he does by visiting his website, www.ridecoach.com. And of course, that link is in our show notes. I just want to remind you this episode was made possible for you today in part by Max BMW Motorcycles at www.maxbmw.com, Best Rest Products at www.cyclepump.com, Green Chili Adventure Gear at www.greenchiliadv.com, and Moto Breeze Chain Oilers, www.motobreeze.com. Well, that about wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio, and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer, Elizabeth Martin, and to you, the listener. Thank you very much for being a part of this and what we do here. And if you'd like to help out, which we would really hope you would, um, if you like what you're hearing here on Adventure Rider Radio, we built this on a design of um, some advertising and listener support to make the whole thing work. You can drop by our website, www.adventureriderradio.com. Click on the support button. Um, anything $10 or more is going to get you a sticker sent back at you. Anything $50 or more will get you a mention on our Raw show, which comes out once a month. Separate show, by the way. Subscribe separately for that. And then we have an episode coming out I think next week for for Raw Um, and also we have our patron account that we've signed up for which is monthly support and we would love it if you would consider doing that just drop by there and you can put any amount on a dollar five dollar twenty dollar five hundred dollars no I'm kidding Um, but any amount um, would help and uh, that would go towards us monthly and then we can depend on that and we can sort of count on uh, the money coming in and then put our concentration into content producing content for you anyway time to get out there and ride your bike thanks very much for listening we really appreciate it I'm Jim Martin this is Adventure Rider Radio see you next week I'm Woody from Woody's Wheelworks and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio (laughs) 